your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 385 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. That song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we've got more Jack Eichel trade rumors. We're going to dive into those in just a second. It's kind of becoming difficult to find a new angle to take on this because I feel like ever since this podcast has existed, and what episode did I just say it was? 385 here. It feels like it's a topic that has basically been kind of boiling to the surface and then going back down. Basically, ever since this podcast started, we've heard Jack Eichel trade rumors about him going to the Rangers for well over a year at this point, Uh, but we'll do our best to kind of attack it from a fresh angle today and just kind of get you guys up to speed on everything happening there. And then we're also going to talk about former Ranger defenseman and six-time Stanley Cup champion Kevin Lowe going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Well-deserved, well overdue. We'll get into that. And then also going to talk briefly about the five NHL awards that are being handed out tonight. And uh, hopefully the Norris Trophy is going to be going to Adam Fox, but we will see. But like I said, yes, let's once again start with the latest trade rumors as far as Jack Eichel potentially going to the New York Rangers. We had an article from Larry Brooks yesterday that kind of brought everybody up to speed on where everything stands. And let me just preface this whole thing by saying that, guys, I'm really going to be happy whenever Jack Eichel gets traded because... Again, we're on episode 385 here, and this has just been a topic that comes up, and then it goes away for a while, and then it comes back, and then it goes away for a while, this, that, and the other thing, and it's only a topic that you can attack from so many angles. So I'm going to try to keep this topic fresh today, try to look at it from maybe a different perspective if I can. Something that I came up with is that, you know, for starters, again, let me just preface this whole thing by saying that as far as a Jack Eichel trade to the Rangers is concerned, I've always been kind of lukewarm to it. And that's especially true now that he's had this neck injury, the herniated disc. And, you know, I just am not willing to part with what the Rangers, I believe, would need to part with in order to bring in Jack Eichel. And Jack Eichel has been a great player for the Sabres. I wouldn't say he's been an elite player, a phenomenal player, or anything like that. He's been very, very good. Uh, To me, the better course of action here is you simply re-sign Mika Zibanejad. We'll probably get into that more in a second as well. Well, we'll dive into that comparison once again in just a little bit here. But to me, you know, if a Jack Eichel trade to the Rangers was going to happen, wouldn't it have happened by now? You know, some things just aren't meant to be, and maybe Jack Eichel being traded to the Rangers just isn't meant to be. And I know that these things take time, and, you know, teams can kind of get into staring contests with each other, and, you know, the Sabres, they go high, and the Rangers go low as far as what the return package could be, and then they meet somewhere in the middle, and maybe a deal really does get done. But I haven't really gotten a sense for a while that the Rangers are all that close, that the Rangers and Sabres are all that close. There was a report, you know, going into last year's draft that the Sabres really wanted that first overall pick, that the Rangers, of course, used to select Alexi Lafreniere, and the Rangers weren't willing to do it, and so trade talks kind of died down for a while. And then there was a rumor that, 
you know, Gordon and JD put together a quote-unquote competitive offer as far as, you know, what it would take to get Jack Eichel here. It was, it was a reasonable offer, but one that the Sabres once again turned down. And I just feel like ever since these trade rumors have kind of kicked up over the past year, a little bit more than a year ago, whenever they initially started, it, it's so hard to keep track of because, you know, it, it comes and goes like we were talking about. But it feels like there's just a ton of posturing going on between the two sides. And it feels like both sides just really want to sweeten the deal for themselves. And I mean, hey, welcome to doing trades in the NHL, right? But it doesn't ever really feel to me like they're all that close as far as uh, what the Rangers are willing to give up and what the Sabres believe they're entitled to in a trade for Jack Eichel. And again, you know, I was lukewarm to this whole thing even before Jack Eichel suffered the neck injury last season. And for anybody who needs a refresher, Eichel missed the last 35 games of this past regular season with a herniated disc in his neck. And the Sabres have not yet granted any team permission to get Eichel's medical information. It's also been rumored that the Sabres are now asking for four pieces back in exchange for Jack Eichel. They want this to be some kind of a combination, these four pieces. They want it to be a combo of good players in the NHL, prospects, and draft picks. But they, the Sabres would like all four of these assets, whatever they are, whatever combination of good players, prospects, or draft picks they get in exchange for Eichel, they want all four of them to be first-round draft pick caliber. Okay, so let's break this whole thing down here. First of all, Buffalo Sabres, those medical records you're talking about, yeah, we're kind of going to need those. The Rangers are going to need those if they're going to strike any kind of a deal, and if they're going to even think about giving away four first-round draft picks or the equivalent to four first-round draft picks if they're going to land Jack Eichel. They're going to have to see his medical information and know exactly what's going on here, okay? I think that's something that we can all agree on. I would think even Sabres fans uh, could probably agree on that as well. That's something that the Rangers are going to need to take a look at. Secondly, forget about the medical records for a second. Even a healthy Jack Eichel is not worth four first-round draft picks. You know who in the NHL is worth four first-round draft picks? or the equivalent of four first-round draft picks, whether they be, again, NHL players, draft picks, or prospects, probably no one. And if anyone is worth that much, it's Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon or Artemi Panarin, and that's about it. And yes, Jack Eichel is a great player. He's not on the level of any of those players that I just mentioned. And you know, if you're the Rangers or really anyone else, and you're willing to give up four first-round picks, or again, the equivalent to four first-rounders, whatever they might be, whether they're draft picks, players already in the NHL, or prospects, if they're willing to meet that asking price of the Buffalo Sabres and give away four first-round draft picks or the equivalent of four first-round draft picks in a trade for Jack Eichel, then you know what? Why not call up the Edmonton Oilers and see if you can get Connor McDavid for those four first-rounders? I mean, why not? You've got nothing to lose. McDavid is a far better player than Jack Eichel, and you got to believe in Edmonton, it's probably starting to get a little bit tense up there, you know, after this latest epic collapse by the Oilers in the playoffs, getting swept right out of the postseason by the Winnipeg Jets, who then themselves got swept out by the Montreal Canadiens. So again, if you're the Rangers or you're anybody else and you're looking to trade for Jack Eichel and you really believe he's worth four first-round picks, call the Oilers. Maybe the Oilers will look to rebuild. Maybe they'll look to move on from Connor McDavid. Maybe if they can get those kinds of assets in a trade for Connor McDavid, they would part with him. Maybe McDavid wants out of there too. I mean, who knows for sure, but Again, if I'm the Rangers or anybody else and I'm willing to give up that much for Jack Eichel, I'm going to see if I can take that same package and get Connor McDavid instead. It's worth a shot. I mean, why not? But again, you know, we're just kind of scratching the surface here as far as the latest Jack Eichel to the Rangers trade rumors, and we're going to continue to dive into this a little bit 
greater detail in just a second here. And we're also going to talk about uh, Kevin Lowe, rightfully, finally about to take his place in the NHL Hall of Fame. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So Joe DiBiase of Locked On Buffalo Sabres was talking about all the Jack Eichel hypothetical trades on his show a little bit. I want to give you guys a quote from something that he said. I believe it was in his episode today. And first of all, let me just say, uh, Joe does a phenomenal job with Locked On Buffalo Sabres. We've done a couple of crossovers with him in the past. It's always a good time. He really knows his stuff. But this is what he had to say about any potential Jack Eichel trade to the New York Rangers. This is what he had to say about it. The Rangers should be out of the Eichel race for not including Alexi Lafreniere. Not being willing to include Capo Caco is just a flat-out insult. And I 100% can understand and appreciate his stance on this because, yeah, if I'm a fan of the Buffalo Sabres, if I'm a member of the Buffalo Sabres front office, then yes, absolutely. I want a big-time haul for Jack Eichel. I do think the equivalent of four first-round draft picks is going a little bit overboard. That might be a little bit nuts. But, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm looking to move Jack Eichel, and I'm the Buffalo Sabres, and the Rangers are one of the potential dance partners, then yeah, I'm going to be asking for Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, because as much as I think most Ranger fans are still pretty high on both of those guys, they have not shown uh, a ton at the NHL level. I think both guys were certainly moving in the right direction as last season progressed, but they don't have nearly the track record that Jack Eichel does. So I can see, you know, again, if you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, a member of the front office, whatever it might be, the fact that the Rangers consider Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere to both be non-starters, like that option isn't even on the table, then yeah, if I'm the Sabres, I'm probably going to look elsewhere. So I totally get it. But by that same token, I'm if I'm the Rangers, I'm not giving up one of those guys because the sky is the limit for both of them. They're both Obviously, high draft picks, Capo going number two, Alexi Lafreniere going number one in back-to-back seasons, and they're both cost-controlled. They are far less expensive than Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel has a contract that will pay him $10 million per season. So I'm, if I'm the Rangers, I'm staying the course, and I'm hanging on to these guys that you kind of just lucked into, and Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco due to some fortunate results in the draft lottery. And here's something else. It's something else that we've discussed about In the past on this podcast, as it pertains once again to any Jack Eichel trade to the New York Rangers, I have an alternative. I have a better idea to all that. Just re-sign Mika Zibanejad. Mika Zibanejad is going into his walk year, the final year of his contract. Here's the thing, though. It costs you nothing to re-sign Mika Zibanejad. It will cost you however much money you end up giving him. Now, he's going to get a nice contract for himself, a nice pay raise. I don't think Mika Zibanejad is quite going to get $10 million a season. I could be wrong about that. I see him somewhere in probably like the, 
like eight and a half million dollars per year kind of area. I think that's about right for Mika Zibanejad. So I don't think he'll even cost as much as Jack Eichel is going to cost. And here's something else. Let's take away the fact that the Rangers would have to give up uh, draft picks and superstar players. Not superstar players, but obviously guys with big-time upside and prospects and whatever else to get Jack Eichel. Let's take all that off the table. Mika Zibanejad is a flat-out better player than Jack Eichel. And I don't want to hear any ifs, ands, or buts about it, because he is. If you look at their all-around game and their production, especially over these past two seasons, Mika Zibanejad has outplayed Jack Eichel in every single facet of the game. And I know that some people are going to hear that and they'll say, well, you know, but Jack Eichel's younger. Jack Eichel's the young guy. Guys this young, they don't become available that often. That's all a fair point. Jack Eichel is only three and a half years younger than Mika Zibanejad. He's not eight or nine years younger the way a lot of people would have you think that he is. So, yes, he is a little bit younger. It's not dramatic. I don't think it's something that, you know, based on that simple fact alone, that you have to, you know, basically say goodbye to Mika Zibanejad and let him walk in free agency next season and pick up Jack Eichel via trading and trade away all these assets and roll with Jack Eichel instead of Mika Zibanejad. Just re-sign Mika Zibanejad. Mika has been here. He's been a leader on this team. He's a guy who I think is still at least in the running to be the next New York Ranger captain. He's a far better defensive player. And I'm going to throw another stat at you guys. We haven't really talked too much about the stats today because, again, I'm just trying to look at this from different angles. You know, we've kind of compared and contrasted Mika Zibanejad's stats with Jack Eichel in the past. So just kind of looking for some different things, some different ways to look at it today. But... I do want to throw the plus minus at you. And again, I feel the need to kind of clarify these comments every time I bring up plus minus. It is not a perfect stat. It's flawed, just like just about any other stat in hockey or really any other sport. Not any one stat is ever going to give you the total picture. But to me, it is definitely worth pointing out that Jack Eichel in six seasons with the Buffalo Sabres is a minus 69 overall. Mika Zibanejad in 10 total NHL seasons, five with the Senators, five with the Rangers, is a minus 26. Now, that did surprise me a little bit. I thought he'd be a little bit more toward, you know, basically an even plus minus guy, especially when you consider, you know, how many points he's had over these last couple of seasons. But it is what it is because minus 26, Jack Eichel is minus 69. But another way to look at this is that Eichel is a minus 69 in just six seasons. Mika, like we said, 10 seasons is a minus 26. So Eichel on average, you know, per season, per these six seasons that he's played in the NHL, is about a minus 11 for every season that goes by. Slightly worse. Mika on average is about a minus 2.5 when you factor in his minus 26 over 10 seasons. But I have a question for you guys. And it, this, this stat that I was just talking about kind of leads me into this next big point that I really want to make here. Because something that everybody has done whether you're a fan of hockey or you cover hockey or you rant on and on on a podcast like I do, something that everybody has done at one time or another when it comes to Jack Eichel, and again, I include myself in this, I've been guilty of it on this podcast in the past, is that we tend to sort of grade Jack Eichel on a little bit of a curve because whatever shortcomings he might have, well, he plays on the Sabres. He's doing the best he can. What do you expect? That team's no good. He's doing the best he can with this band of misfits that he has to play with every single night. But here's my question. Why can't Jack Eichel turn the Sabres around? Why can't he change the culture a little bit? He's been there for six years now. He's 24. He's not some young, wide-eyed kid anymore. He knows what this league is all about. He's been there for six seasons. He's had some time. Why can't he get this team anywhere near the playoffs in a sport where half the teams make the postseason? You know, they got him some guys this year. They got him Eric Stahl. They got him Taylor Hall. And they were both terrible. Uh, they got him Jeff Skinner going into 2018, 2019, 
And so I think that dispels this idea that he doesn't have any help. I mean, I know that Jeff Skinner hasn't lived up to his contract, but all these guys go there and they forget how to play hockey. They're all weighed down by the general losing culture that comes with being a member of the Buffalo Sabres. And Eichel, again, he has been there for six years. I don't think he's really done anything to change the culture around the Sabres. And I realize, let me just pause this whole thing right now and just explain. I realize I'm, I might be being a little bit too tough on Jack Eichel because I don't think that kind of responsibility should fall on any one single player. I mean, that's up to a team to turn that around. But compare him a little bit to some of these other guys that went, you know, number one, number two, they were high draft picks and they went into a team that had been doing nothing but losing and losing and losing. Okay, let's take a look at every single one of our favorite players here, Sidney Crosby, okay? The Penguins, when they drafted him, were a mess. They sucked. They were terrible. And nobody was going to the games. There were rumors... I don't ever know how much steam this actually picked up, but around that time before, before Crosby got there, there were rumors that the Penguins might have to move out of Pittsburgh, which sounds crazy, a professional sports team moving out of Pittsburgh, but there were rumors that that could happen. And again, I don't know how close it ever came to occurring, but Sidney Crosby goes in there and he's an 18-year-old kid. They give him the C and he immediately turns that culture around. They were in the playoffs in his second season there. They missed it his first season, but they made it his second season. And before you know it, they're winning the Stanley Cup, and we're still dealing with the Pittsburgh Penguins today. Every single season, the Rangers are getting beat by the Penguins, and they're looking up at them at the standings, and here go the Penguins on another run to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, I know they got knocked out uh, in the first round this year, but, I mean, they're always a threat, and they've got three cups in the Sidney Crosby era. What about Alex Ovechkin? He went to a pretty hopeless situation in Washington. I mean, they hadn't won anything in any recent seasons, and it took a little bit longer. Year three with uh, Ovechkin on the Capitals is when they made the playoffs, but, you know, ever since then, the Capitals are always a threat. I mean, I know they do their disappearing act in the playoffs, but... Ovechkin puts up crazy numbers. They always win a ton of games. They're always in the mix for the president's trophy. He turned that team around. He turned that franchise around. Crosby and Ovechkin both made their respective teams a place where people want to go. Who wants to go to the Buffalo Sabres right now? You know, and I just mentioned Stahl and Taylor Hall. Stahl was traded there, and Taylor Hall went there because they were offering him the most money, and Hall figured that by signing a one-year deal at a high average annual value, I believe it was $8 million this past season— that he would end up making more money in the long run. And hey, I don't have to sign my life away to the Buffalo Sabres. I can be out of here in one year if I want to. That's not a winning culture. And again, I, I realize I'm being harsh here, that this is probably bordering on being too tough on Jack Eichel to lay this all at his feet because it's not all on him. You know, I, I don't think that front office has really made any moves that would point that team toward making the playoffs. I mean, the Jeff Skinner contract looks like a disaster. Their young guys aren't developing. But again, you know, Eichel's been there for six years, and this is not a place that anybody wants to go. Uh, you can look at somebody like Connor McDavid, another former first overall pick. In fact, he was number one the same season that Jack Eichel was number two. Now, of course, Edmonton has been terrible in the playoffs, but at least they're a good team. At least, you know, when they drafted Connor McDavid, that's another team that was down in the dumps. They had no direction. When are we getting it back to the glory days? This, that, and the other thing. And Connor McDavid goes in there, and he makes everybody around him better. And again, I know they haven't gotten it done in the playoffs, but at least it's a winning culture there. I mean, they're, they're a team that seems like they're going to make the playoffs every year going forward if they keep the group that they currently have. As far as going anywhere in the playoffs, that's another story, but at least they win. And, you know, let's throw one more out there. How about Nathan McKinnon? You know, he's kind of the centerpiece of the Colorado Avalanche rebuild. And, you know, now... He, when he went there, they were terrible. The, the Avalanche had fallen so far from what they were in the late 90s and the early 2000s, one of the worst teams in hockey. And 
that culture has changed. And again, I realize, you know, they got knocked out by the Knights in the second round this year, but it's still a relatively young team. They seem like they're still going to have more cracks at it. And more importantly than anything, there's an expectation to win there. Nobody in Buffalo expects this team to win. None of the players expect to win. None of the coaches seemingly expect to win. I mean, they fired their whole coaching staff in the middle of the season this past year. The front office, I mean, I'd like to think that they expect to win, but Jack Eichel has done nothing to create a winning culture there. And he's had some time and he hasn't done it. And I don't know. He's had all these trade rumors circling around him for all these years now. I mean, when when do you guys remember hearing about trade rumors with Sidney Crosby, you know, when he was uh, getting started with the Pittsburgh Penguins? When have anybody heard any trade rumors regarding Alex Ovechkin or Nathan McKinnon or Connor McDavid? It doesn't happen because those guys committed to their franchise and they cultivated a winning culture with that team. The Sabres don't have that. So... I'd be a little wary about selling all these assets to the Buffalo Sabres to bring in this player, especially when the alternative is hanging on to Mika Zibanejad. And I realize, look, the, the Rangers, it's not like they've had a ton of deep playoff runs in the Mika Zibanejad era, but he's at least stuck it out with this team. And I do think he's somebody who makes guys around him better. And he's at least got the Rangers pointed in the right direction. And he's a known commodity. He's very well liked and very well respected in that locker room. Give me Mika Zibanejad over Jack Eichel any day of the week. And you could point to any of the dozen or so reasons I just listed as the reason why. Don't worry about it. And if you're going to trade for somebody, there's other trade targets. And we'll get into that in a future episode as well. This is kind of running a little bit long on me because I wanted to just kind of illustrate this point that I don't think the Rangers need to bend over backwards to meet these ridiculous trade demands that the Buffalo Sabres are putting out there to bring in Jack Eichel when there's a better alternative and just re-signing Mika Zibanejad. We will look at some other trade options for the Rangers in the offseason, but for the rest of today's episode, we are going to kind of shift our attention to Kevin Lowe and him finally uh, taking his rightful place in the NHL Hall of Fame, and we'll be doing that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. All right, so we definitely got to talk about former New York Ranger Kevin Lowe going into the NHL Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame induction is set for November 15th in Toronto. Lowe was actually a member of the class of 2020, but there could be no traditional... Uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony for very obvious reasons in 2020, so probably made sense just to kind of put it off until uh, things in the world got a little bit better, basically. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Kevin Lowe. Kevin Lowe, 62 years old, finally going to the Hall of Fame, and rightfully so. He's been retired since 1997-1998. He was a six-time Stanley Cup champion. I'll say that again, a six-time Stanley Cup champion, and... I will say, I'm not somebody who thinks that multiple championships should automatically put you into the Hockey Hall of Fame or the Hall of Fame of any sport or whatever it might be, but I definitely think that winning multiple championships can definitely serve as a tiebreaker. You know, if you've got somebody who's kind of 50-50, borderline, uh, is he a Hall of Famer, is he not a Hall of Famer, tough to tell, but he's won three or four or five or six championships, then yes, he is 100% a Hall of Famer. And I don't care what position he played, how big of a role everybody thinks he 
had on that team, those teams that won all those championships, yes, at that point, you were obviously a Hall of Famer if you've won that many championships and if you were kind of a 50-50 borderline Hall of Fame candidate to begin with. So, uh, once again, well-deserved for Kevin Lowe. I think it's definitely something that's long overdue. And, of course, us Ranger fans, we're going to remember him mostly from his tenure with the Rangers. He spent most of his career with the Edmonton Oilers. He won five Stanley Cups there in 1984, 85, 87, 88, and 90. Of course, he was a big part of those teams that were led by Messier and Gretzky. Something that people might not know, though, is that Kevin Lowe was actually an alternate captain on the Oilers teams that won in 1987, 1988, and 1990. And then, of course, he won the Stanley Cup for a sixth and final time in 1994 with the New York Rangers. He was also a seven-time All-Star, 84, 85, 86, 88, 89, 90, and 93. And he won the King Clancy Memorial Trophy in 1990, given annually to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and who has made a significant humanitarian contribution to his community as far as his career stats are concerned. He began his career with the Oilers back in 1979-1980, spent the first 13 seasons of his career in Edmonton, and then he came to the Rangers in 1992-1993. He was there for four years. The Rangers, of course, won the Stanley Cup in Lowe's second year with the team, uh, and then at the end of his career, went back to the Oilers for two final seasons, beginning in 1996-1997. So 19 seasons in the NHL. You got to give him an A-plus for longevity. 1,254 career regular season games, 84 goals, 347 assists, so 431 points in 1,254 games. Also played 214 career playoff games, so basically an extra two and a half seasons in postseason games. Had 10 goals and 48 assists in those contests. He was 33 years old when he came to the Rangers in exchange for Roman Oxiuta and a third-round pick, and the Rangers brought him in with the idea that this guy was kind of going to be one of the elder— I mean, they had a lot of leaders on that team, but one of the elder statesmen in the room and particularly on the blue line because the Rangers defensemen were fairly inexperienced. Other than Lowe and Bukaboom, because Bukaboom had already won— three cups with the Edmonton Oilers as well, but it was very young. Not a lot of those guys had a lot of Stanley Cup playoff experience, whether you're talking about Brian Leach or Sergei Zubov, the late Alex Karpatsev. Not a ton of playoff experience among those guys. So they were kind of there to show the Rangers how to win. And just for Kevin Lowe to just kind of solidify the blue line, give the Rangers a veteran presence back there, someone who had been there and done that, uh, a guy who was obviously playoff battle tested, having already won five Stanley Cups with the Edmonton Oilers, and just somebody who was going to play sound, consistent hockey, and Lowe did all that. He was a big part of the Ranger run to the Cup that season. Somebody who, you know, among the Ranger diehards, I mentioned this yesterday, the Ranger diehards definitely know about Kevin Lowe, and they definitely know about the uh, positive influence that he had on that team, but even for us fans who follow this team as closely as a lot of us do, you know, you think Messier and you think Leach and Graves and Richter and Bukaboom and, and Kovalov and Stefan Matteau for the goal against the Devils. But yeah, I mean, Kevin Lowe was a big, big part of this team. Do they win the Stanley Cup without him? Maybe they do, but I certainly don't want to find out because like I was just mentioning a second ago, he was really just kind of a calming influence as somebody who went out there. You knew what you were getting from Kevin Lowe every single night. He's somebody that you just didn't have to worry about. And I can remember uh, when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. I mean, I don't remember this from the night that it happened because, again, I was only seven years old when it happened and the whole thing was just crazy. But, you know, you go back and you watch videos of the on-ice celebration of the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup that year. Look, Kevin Lowe was happy. There's no doubt about it. I mean, 
he was thrilled. He was smiling from ear to ear. He did an interview and, and all that good stuff, like they interview every single player uh, after a team wins the Stanley Cup. But you could kind of tell that he was kind of the elder statesman in the room because I believe he was 34 years old at that time. He'd already won the Cup five times in the past. And don't get me wrong, again, I'm, I'm sure he was loving every second of it and taking it in. But to me, he looked like the guy that was kind of enjoying watching his teammates a lot of them for the first time win the Stanley Cup. And he was just kind of soaking in that atmosphere and just kind of seeing the joy all over his teammates' faces. I don't know this for sure. I mean, I've never asked Kevin Lowe about this, but that's just kind of the impression that I got watching this, that he was enjoying it himself, but more than anything, he was enjoying watching his teammates kind of celebrate that win and getting that feeling for the first time, that feeling that he had already had uh, five times earlier in his career. So uh, just a stand-up guy. We mentioned the King Clancy Memorial Trophy win and a guy who was a huge part of the New York Rangers winning that Stanley Cup. And like I said, it's possible they win the Cup without him, but I don't want to find out. I don't want to take any single player off of that roster that season because who knows what could have happened. They obviously went right down to the wire against the Devils. They went right down to the wire against the Canucks. They needed every single player uh, pulling in the same direction and just doing everything that it was going to take to get the job done. And Kevin Lowe, like we said, a huge part of it and very, very worthy as a six-time Stanley Cup champion, first and foremost, of entering the NHL Hall of Fame. Lowe was absolutely tough as nails during the Oilers' run to the 1988 Stanley Cup. He played with a broken wrist and was wearing a full cast, and yet he did not miss a single playoff game during that run. And apparently that season, he was also hiding broken ribs throughout the entire postseason. And then with the Rangers, he also played through various other ailments, but only missed one game uh, during that postseason run. And like we said, a huge, huge part of the Rangers breaking the curse and winning the Stanley Cup that season. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, the NHL awards are scheduled for tonight, 7.30 Eastern time. Among the awards that are going to be presented are the MVP, the Ted Lindsay, the Calder, the Norris, and the Vesna. And of course, our guy Adam Fox is up for the Norris. Fingers crossed that he indeed brings home the hardware. I think it would be well-deserved, but we'll see. And uh, either way, we'll be back to talk about it on tomorrow's episode. And we'll also keep our eye on the Stanley Cup Finals. Of course, the Lightning getting a big 5-1 to one win against the Montreal Canadiens last night. We'll see if the Canadiens can bounce back on Game 2 and maybe make a series out of this thing. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.